Welcome to Retro Rewind, Pinal Central's new sports-themed podcast, where we talk to former Pinal County athletes and discuss memorable moments in local sports history. This podcast is brought to you by Casa Grande Jewelry and Pawn. We bring integrity, honesty, and customer satisfaction is our number one priority. We are a family-owned and operated business, and we treat our customers like family. Start off the new year by checking out our amazing inventory of guns, jewelry, and more. Located at 1326 North Pinal Avenue in Costa Grande. Open 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday to Friday and 9 to 4 on Saturday. Our phone number is 520-836-7774. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Retro Rewind. I'm your host, Brian Wright. I am joined by... My co-host, Maria Vasquez, and our guest today is Matt Olson, a Florence alum who is now pitching for Central Arizona College. And uh, Matt, thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So um, kind of a whirlwind over the last year, um, you know, you, you got your first opportunity to pitch at CAC last season, and then, of course... You guys got a little bit uh, into the season, I guess about 30 games in, and, uh, you know, March 10th, I believe it was, ended up being your last game before, you know, the season was ultimately canceled due to COVID. So, um, you know, here we are kind of uh, almost a full year later and uh, coming back to CAC um, to pitch again this season. So, I guess let's just start with um, – you know, going back to last year at CAC, um, you had um, redshirted uh, your first season at CAC, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, of course, that was the year uh, CAC wins the national championship. And then uh, the following year, which was last season, uh, you come out as the number one pitcher. And um, you, you pitched really, really well for CAC. Um, three and two record and seven starts, 198 ERA. 61 strikeouts in 36 and, and a third innings pitch. So um, before we get to, you know, the pandemic and how the season was canceled and everything, just tell us what it was like to finally get your opportunity to pitch at CAC. And um, it seems like you developed a comfort zone pitching against that high-level college competition pretty quickly. But um, if you can just describe it in your own words, what, what was that like? Uh, definitely. Well, I mean, for starters, uh, I'm really thankful for actually redshirting and, um, you know, as I will say, like, it, it wasn't easy in the time I was doing it, having to watch all the games and not being able to play. But, um, you know, long term for my career, I feel like that was the best thing that could have happened, especially, uh, winning the national championship that year. You know, I was able to learn from guys like Lucas Knowles, uh, Dakota Donovan, you know, we had some big name guys who, you know, Lucas Knowles threw in the College World Series the year before. So, um, even away from the pitching side of things, like just the mental side of the game and stuff like that, I was I was able to really learn from um, guys like that. You know, how to have a presence on the mound and how to have the confidence and stuff like that. So, um, the retro year, you know, other than like getting stronger, you know, long toss things like that. Um, that really helped me with the mental aspect of the game and things like that. And then uh, going into last year, 
It was kind of, it was interesting. I mean, um, I remember my first outing of the fall as an inner squad and, um, usually in the fall, your first couple outings are just fastball change up, kind of trying to get you back in the groove of things. And, um, the first outing I was able to put my fastball by some guys and I had thrown the summer that summer and I, I was like 89, 91. So <clears throat> I was up a little bit from high school, but, um, definitely not, you know, where I ended up being in the spring of last year, but, uh, you know, Gilly kind of told me, you know, ball's coming out of your hand. Well, you look good. And, um, so I felt good. And then once we had our first real fall game, um, we had a kind of like a split squad thing and Ty Bush was the starter on one side and he was a transfer from Washington state. So we kind of knew he was going to be a starter for us. And, uh, the night before Gilly actually called me and told me I was starting the other game. And I don't know, something about that kind of just, put the confidence over the edge for me and um you know at that point I kind of considered myself you know like I had a chance at a starting spot um ended up throwing well in the fall and you know really worked hard in all fall and winter just to keep gaining strength and stuff like that and I mean the rest is history really ended up throwing well in um the spring and and now we're here I mean obviously things are a little weird and different than uh the normal year, but, you know, we're still making adjustments as we go. So when you pitched at Florence, I mean, you, you, not surprisingly, you were uh, an overwhelmingly dominant pitcher at that level. Um, just, you know, boatloads of strikeouts uh, and everything, set, setting records at Florence. Now, but obviously that's against uh, primarily 3A competition. And right. It, it can be hard, I think, sometimes for kids, you know, from the smaller schools to, to step up to that next level. So um, you, you mentioned a little bit that, um, you know, your velocity has definitely increased uh, since high school. Um, so where, where uh, I guess, how many, uh, how much improvement or how many strides did you, did it take from where you were at, like, say, when you graduated senior year to when, you end up, you know, starting your first game for CAC? Um, you know, it, it's crazy to think about because I remember in high school, like, I had the confidence and things like that, but I stepped foot on Central's campus and saw our team and, you know, the guys I got to play with, e even through club ball and stuff like that, we I never had been around that kind of talent. Um, so it was definitely an eye-opener, you know, going from a 3A high school uh, even though I got to, you know, play club ball with some, some dudes, uh, definitely getting around those guys, it was a huge eye opener for me. And, and that's the, that's my, like when I talk to kids from Florence and stuff like that who are playing now, I make sure to tell them, you know, and, and it's not a bad thing. Like I understand we're a smaller school and stuff like that, but there's a lot more out there than, you know, 3A baseball. And, and there's a lot of guys that are a lot better than that. So, I mean, I, I would say, like, in high school, I, I got a little complacent once I committed to Central, and I kind of just almost thought it was going to be a cakewalk, I guess. And and that was my biggest thing now is, like, just, you know, I had a good year last year, but I can't be complacent. I can't be happy, you know, with just that. You know, I mean, um, I obviously have bigger plans than just playing at Central. Um so if I want to play at the level that I eventually want to play at one of these days, it's, it's all about hard work and just keeping my head down and staying focused. So 
When it comes to your, like, repertoire right now, I mean, tell us a little bit about how much you've changed since, uh, say, you graduated high school. I mean, like, where where is your fastball at right now? Um, have you added any pitches, uh, you know, to your arsenal? Um, give us a little bit of your scouting report right now. Uh, so, in high school, um, I was basically a two-pitch pitcher. Uh, I had a fastball and a, a curveball. Um, never really had feel for a changeup or anything like that. But, you know, I learned real quick once I got central, you know, I need to, obviously not being overpowering at that point, I needed to have that third pitch. So a lot of my red shirt year and even last fall was really just trying to develop a changeup. Um, so, uh, going into the spring of last year, I was comfortable with it, with it. I was able to throw it well. Um, and then, so at that point, I was, you know, 14 fastball, changeup, and curveball. Um, I definitely learned that just flipping over a slow curveball doesn't play in college ball. You know, you have to have some bite on it, and you got to get the throw with some intent. So I learned how to do that. And then um, actually this summer, I started playing around with a little slider, and that's actually working out pretty well for me right now. It's still something I got to keep throwing and still have a better feel for. But as of right now, I'm I'm throwing those four pitches. Um, Velo-wise, uh, I think my last outing, I was 91-93. Um, that was a big thing for me, too, is I kind of fell in love with Velo last year. And, you know, it, it's, an, it's important, but um, this year I'm more focused on, you know, the Velo is going to come as season goes and I get back into things really well. Um, but, you know, my job is to get out and to keep my team in the game and, and give us the best chance possible to win. So. All right, Matt. So what kept you motivated, uh, during your whole redshirt season? Cause I mean, I, uh, hearing you, you know, you, you learned from some of your teammates. You worked on, uh, you know, getting an extra pitch and everything. Where did you find that motivation to, you know, want to get better and everything given that you had to sit the year out? Um, I just knew that this is what I wanted to do. You know, I mean, all through high school, if the dream was to play big league baseball and um, I think it would have been easy just to kind of give in and, and go play at another school, but knowing where central stands, you know, in Juco baseball, my thought process from the get go was I don't want to settle for less and go play at a, a less like lesser of a school. I, I wanted to, you know, pitch at central and, you know, honestly, like, I wouldn't even say that I had the goal of being, you know, the ace or anything. It was just more, let's get innings this next year. Um, and then, it, you know, it turned into more than that. But I don't know. I mean, at times it was tough, you know, going from high school ball where, you know, I'm pitching the big games and I'm playing shortstop the games that I'm not pitching. One, to just becoming a pitcher only. You know, I'm not going to throw every game anyway. And then red shirting on top of that, not getting any innings. Um I think it it definitely helped that we had a really good team that year, so it was honestly fun to watch. Um, but I don't know. Like, I never really had any doubt or anything that I couldn't do this. Like, I, I knew if I put the work in and did the right work, uh, eventually it would all work out in the end. So, Matt, like we talked about a little earlier, you know, uh, last year, I think you your last game was March 10th, and then everything kind of came to a halt. So, um, tell us what it was like when you first heard that news. 
you know, what you kind of went through uh, mentally, emotionally after that and kind of how you tried to keep yourself sharp, um, you know, physically and pitching wise um, throughout, you know, the summer and the off season. Um, it's definitely devastating. You know, I, I go from, we actually had just um, gotten into our non-conference week. So I was actually going to get the week off and then throw against South Mountain. I think it was like the following Tuesday. And so I was kind of taking a little bit of time, letting my arm rest and then preparing for the start against South. So I want to say it was like a, a Friday or something like that, that they told us the season was canceled. Um, but at that point in time, I, you know, I had my eyes on the draft, things like that. Um, I was committed to U of A at that point in time. So I was really, really just trying to like look into the future and, and know that I had to stay sharp, you know, whether that be if I got drafted or if I played at U of A or whatever it was. Um, so at first it was easy, you know, the gyms were still open. So I kind of just went into off season mode and, you know, you're trying to gain arm strength again. You're trying to, you're just regular off season stuff, you know, gain strength. But, uh, I, once the gym shut down, that was the, that was the biggest issue for me was, you know, trying to find a place to lift. And for a little bit, I was able to get into the high school at Florence, but then that got shut down. And, um, actually looking back on it, I really wish that I would have went about it a different way. Um, the way that I looked at it when everything got shut down was basically I didn't want to be a couch potato. I, you know, I wanted to stay active and I basically was just trying to like not get fat and out of shape. So I was doing a lot of running and stuff like that. But in that time, I lost a lot of strength, um, you know, just not lifting stuff like that. So uh, we ended up getting to play a little bit of summer ball and my velo is down in those. And that really showed me, you know, what the weight room means about, um, you know, velocity and, and just pitching in general. So, um, but then, you know, once the weight rooms and everything kind of opened back up again, we, uh, I was able to get back on a schedule and I mean, now we're here. So when they finally had the MLB draft, I mean, clearly it was a much different scenario this year. Uh, normally they have, I believe it's 40 rounds. And they right. chopped that all the way down to five. So, yeah, you know, your, your chances of getting drafted, uh, uh, anybody, unless you're like a, a super, you know, elite prospect, uh, is, is diminished significantly. Uh, however, uh, you know, I think you were probably still in the mix to, to possibly get drafted in, in those first five rounds. But, um, tell us a little bit, uh, you, you know, you did go undrafted, but tell us a little bit about that process. And then obviously, um, you ended up decommitting from Arizona, uh, later on. And then, uh, you would eventually commit to Arizona State. So kind of walk us through that whole process. Uh, yeah. So it's funny. So, uh, day one of the draft, I want to say it was just the first round and then the compensation pick. So obviously, like I knew I wasn't a first rounder kind of thing. So I, I actually watched day one of the draft and um you know i'm a baseball fan first so you know seeing some of the guys that got taken and seeing the talent that's out there is cool for me but um day two i knew it was like i knew i had a slim chance um like a very slim chance at that and so even with that slim chance you know that's 
that's a better chance than a lot of people get. And, you know, I'm really thankful for that. But I just couldn't sit down and watch the draft. Like, I, I remember um, my mom and we had a little bit of family over. You know, they turned the draft on. And actually, for probably rounds two through four, I was just in my room playing video games. Like, it, it was tough to, you know, see people go knowing there is a chance, but there's not really a chance. And there was just so much that was unknown. Um, so I ended up going down probably midway through the fourth round. And at this time, my advisor, Alex Hins, he kind of would text me updates like, hey, not hearing anything, not hearing anything. So I basically at the end of every round, I got a text from Alex, and he does a really good job of communicating with me. And um, start of the fifth round comes, and he ended up getting a call from a team asking what my number was, uh, you know, get excited, tell him my number, and then it ended up falling through. And... Um, I'm not going to lie, you know, that was devastating for me. Um, it's, you know, going from almost accepting like, okay, it's not going to happen this year to getting that phone call from him, uh, you know, thinking that it could happen and then it not happening. But I mean, I think that that really lit a fire under me too. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Like I knew that I know that this year I don't want to have that same feeling that I had last year at that point in time. So, I mean, I remember, you know, the pick that I could have gone in um, watching it on the TV and, you know, I got up and left and I just went to the gym and I don't know, it, it really lit a fire under me. And, you know, I'm always going to remember that feeling that I had. So, you know, now it's just, again, just, you know, working hard and, uh, you know, not feeling like that at the end of this year, hopefully. So because this was kind of a, uh, a large uh, emotional situation for you, I have to ask, uh, can, can you tell us what the team was that was showing interest? Uh, yeah, the Giants actually called in the fifth. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's obviously athletes uh, are always looking for, for a little bit of extra motivation. So it sounds like you found some right there. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it was a really weird year, you know, I mean, everyone, you, no one knew what was going to happen, you know, and, and there's nothing, nothing against anyone or anything. And that's actually what I was going to get to is with the whole U of A thing. Um, I didn't think, I don't think there's any bad blood there. Um, I just knew, cause that was another thing I was kind of trying to watch throughout the draft was how many pitchers from U of A ended up going and um, nobody actually ended up getting drafted from there. So, you know, I knew from a, a coaching standpoint, it's going to be tough for, you know, he had his four starters there last year and, um, you know, for a new guy to come in and, and out throw those guys and stuff like that, you know, like it, it's tough for a coach to put someone new above his guys he already had there. So, um, I mean, I, I called him, uh, basically just told him I was going to go back to Central, no bad blood. I still wanted to keep the relationship open. Um, and I actually planned on, on waiting out my recruiting process and kind of seeing everything that I got. And, um, ASU came in early and was able to give me an offer that I really liked. And I mean, the rest is history. You know, they, they get a, a lot of guys drafted out of there. Uh, it's, it's a really good program. You know, I know that I'm going to have a chance to pitch at the college world series if I end up going there. And, you know, it was a really good fit.
Well, I was looking over at Maria because, you know, she, she's an ASU girl, so I, I thought she might have something to say about Arizona State. But talking about um, your decision to pitch at, at CAC this year, so, you know, I was a little confused uh, initially when you gave your verbal to ASU, you know, like if, you, if that meant you would be um, coming back to CAC for one more season or if you were just going to go immediately to ASU. So, did you have both of those options? Like, what was uh, what was the decision making process there? Uh, it, it was no doubt that I was definitely pitching at Central this year. Um, you know, that's kind of, I guess you could say almost like an unwritten rule kind of thing. Like, if I'm going to train with Central all fall and you know get get to know the guys and the team thing, you kind of just don't leave at the halfway point. You know, and kind of leave them hanging. So um, ASU was def- like definitely knew that uh from the get-go and you know now now it's really just about trying to win a national championship this year they i mean i think we have a really good chance we have a really good team and um just kind of see what happens now all right Matt. now you know given last year the season was canceled early um you guys are the defending champions is there you know kind of like an extra hunger for you guys given that last year it was cut short and you know, there's still a little bit of uncertainty for this season. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I'm completely confident that we're going to get the season in. Uh, we, you know, we follow all the protocols, stuff like that. So I'm not too concerned about that. And also, I mean, I can't, you know, that's something that's out of my control. You know, I try to, you know, control what I can control. But, um I mean, definitely, you know, we have a lot of third-year guys and, and a lot of transfers and stuff like that this year, and, and that's what, I mean, the third-year guys, even me, not even being able to play, but I have that under my belt, being able to go to Grand Junction, and I kind of know what the atmosphere is like, and um, I'll be the first to admit, like, last year, as good of a season as I had, I definitely still had some maturing to do, and that's that's what I feel like helps us so much this year is, you know, we're all, we all know how these things work. We have guys who are playing at the division one level. And um, so, I mean, at, at this point, you know, I, I know I keep saying it, but we just got to keep our heads down, keep working. You know, the rankings came out. I mean, we're anywhere from, I think I saw a ranking today that we were first from PBR or I think we were like third for perfect game. So, you know, it, it kind of varies and, um, we try not to think about that stuff and, you know, just go out and win every game, win every week. And, you know, our big thing at Central is if you win every week, at the end of the year, you're going to be a national champion. So, All right, Matt. So I want to go back to high school for just a second here. Um, do you have a favorite memory uh, from your time pitching at Florence? Uh it's tough. I actually haven't thought about this in a while. Um, I definitely would say probably pitching in the um, first round of the playoffs against Sabino my junior year. You know, that was that was probably one of the best games I've ever pitched, and um, I felt like that really showed, you know, what I could do. Um, I know there was, like, the strikeout record and stuff like that, but you know, my goal in high school was to always win a state championship. I mean, that's everyone's dream and whatnot. And, you know, the record came and it was cool and all, but 
you know, my junior year, I felt that that was one of our best chances to win a state championship. Um, uh, I mean, we ended up falling to Stafford the next day, which, I mean, still haunts me to this day. But, uh, yeah, definitely that first game against Sabino my junior year in the playoffs. Yeah, that was a, a very good Florence team. So, and I and I I remember uh, vaguely that that was a like a kind of a heartbreaking one run game with, against Stafford. But we 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 won't go any further into that one. Um, yeah, yeah, that one that one's a touchy subject for sure. Yeah, yeah. well, let's um, moving back to CAC. You know, um, it like you said, redshirting was a big part of your maturity and kind of getting you to where you are now. And um, I I was interested in that. Uh, part where you talked about learning from guys like a, a Lucas Knowles, who, you know, was one of the best uh, junior college pitchers in the country. I, I think he was drafted in the in the twelfth round in the MLB draft. Um, what did you learn from uh, Lucas and um, certainly uh, Anthony Gillis as well? Um, you know, on the coaching side of things, the thing that I really liked is. With the talent we had on that team, uh, I feel from a coaching standpoint, it would have been really easy to just kind of forget about me, you know, and, like, he's not going to throw for us this year anyway, but that wasn't the case at all. Um, you know, I, I ended up getting on a good lifting program and, you know, gained some strength, uh, got on a good throwing program, and, you know, that, that's all credit to the coaches, you know, to, one, believe in me, to not just cut me, um, to, you know, redshirt me and believe that, you know, I have it in me somewhere to, you know, gain the extra velo and stuff like that. And um, they really worked with me really well uh, throughout that entire year. And then um, learning from Noel specifically, uh, I'm not sure if anyone's ever watched him throw, but, you know, his confidence is unmatched. You can tell from him walking out of the dugout that he – knows and thinks that he's the the best player out there like he knows that basically if he executes his stuff he's going to put himself and the team in a really good position to win the game and um I've always been a really firm believer in confidence because the way that I look at it is how am I supposed to be on the mound you know see someone come up and think that I'm already beat so um learning that from him was I mean, basically just knowing, like, hey, if I execute my stuff, one, the chances are definitely in my favor being a pitcher. You know, hitters get a hit three out of ten times, and, you know, that's Hall of Fame numbers. So knowing, one, that if I'm throwing strikes and pounding the zone and executing my pitches, the odds are already in my favor. And, you know, with my stuff playing up that next year, um, even more so reason to, you know, have the confidence that Knowles had and – um and then, you know, from Dakota, he had a presence on the mound that was, again, unmatched. I mean, I've never seen anyone like that. And, you know, obviously I'm not 6'5", 250 pounds, but I still try to have a presence like that on the mound, you know, kind of not trying to be cocky, but definitely confident and, and believing in myself regardless of who I'm pitching against. All right, man. Now, at, at the start of our chat, you mentioned that, you know, you still go back to Florence and talk to some of the kids out there right now. Um, what piece of advice do you give them, you know, that in just such such a short time since you graduated, you know, you've already had 
to redshirt uh, for a season, and you had that roller coaster of emotions where, hey, you're so close to, you know, making it and living out your dreams to having it taken away from you. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm actually really close with uh, Anthony Loss. He ended up, he played varsity my senior year, and the two things I really try to get clear to him is, one, the weight room is where a lot of your games are going to be made, you know, whether it's velo, hitting for power, whatever it is, like, the weight room is definitely something that you need to take serious, and um, I definitely wish I would have taken it more serious in high school because, who knows, I mean, maybe if I take the weight room a little more serious in high school, I don't have to go through the red shirt year, and maybe I can put up the numbers that I did um, last year, you know, from the get-go rather than velo being down kind of thing. Uh, and then also, like I said earlier, just to realize, you know, there's more than 3A baseball out there. So, you know, I mean, it's great. You know, we're trying to win a state championship in high school and not, but at the same time, don't be complacent because, you know, you're hitting 350, 400 in a, in a 3A league when, you know, there's guys in the same state who are in bigger high schools. You know, there's, there's better competition and stuff like that. So definitely don't try to – or try not to get complacent and, and just keep your head down and keep working hard. Well, and on that note, you know, how important is it, to, to, like, just the club, club ball aspect of everything? I mean, you know, I think it's uh, it's probably even more important for the for the guys who are coming up from smaller schools, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean – you know, I, and I understand there's multi-sport athletes, you know, and and I was really thankful, you know, my mom being a single mom, she was able to to get me into club ball because I know that stuff isn't cheap. And, you know, I'm really thankful and blessed that she was able to, to do that for me. But, I mean, even with club ball, you know, I consider the team that I played on a, a really good team. You know, there's a lot of guys who... I mean, I, I played with Nick Gonzalez, who was, what, I think the fourth overall pick or something like that in last year's draft. So, you know, I've played around good guys, but there's so much out there that, that I had no idea about, you know, and and it it sucks because it did take for me to see that at Central and almost be timid when I first got there because I had never been around talent like that. So, I mean, my biggest advice is don't really worry about who you're playing with or who's around or how good the guys are that you're playing with. Like, at the end of the day, if you go in and you do everything you have to do and you get better every day, it's not going to matter who you're playing with. You know, it shouldn't shouldn't matter if you're playing against 3A guys or 6A guys. Like, you should bring your game every day. Now, the regular season uh, for CAC – it's actually right around the corner. Your first game is uh, February 3rd. So uh, do you know if uh, you are starting that first game? Yeah, so I actually just found out today. Yeah, I'll be starting on Wednesday. Uh, I believe it's against Northeastern or Northwestern Colorado. So um, we actually inter-squatted today. Today is my last, like, live hitters. And now it's just preparing for that start on Wednesday. So – because of all the time that's transpired uh, since uh, when your season ended last year to now, which included obviously um, some inactivity during COVID and all that stuff, and you kind of had to build yourself back up, um, how do you feel right now? I mean, uh, try to compare it to um, how you felt, like, say, last March when the season 
uh, abruptly ended. I mean, do you, do you feel like you're back there uh, right now? Do you feel like you're uh, in an even better place now? Um, I feel like I'm right around the same place. You know, it it was a, a tough thing for me last year was trying to figure out how to lift during season and not be sore. So, you know, and, and this is this is me, like I said, having to learn to mature um, and being a learning point for me. But, you know, the fall, obviously, we're playing games, stuff like that. But the fall is when you're trying to gain strength, you know, um, like, you know, make your games, make your PRs in the weight room, stuff like that. And so what I'm actually really focused on this year is my in-season training. And uh, I recently started working out at Push Performance up in Tempe. So they write my workouts for me. And, you know, there's a lot of big league guys who come here. And um, so I really trust them with all of my stuff. And they're doing a really good job of, um, you know, making sure that I'm moving the most efficient way possible um, while still gaining strength. So um, that's basically my trainer here. You know, he asked me how my body feels kind of thing. Um, obviously, like, I'm starting next Wednesday. So him knowing that, he'll plan my workouts accordingly. And um, them writing everything up for me and me kind of just coming in and, you know, looking at my phone to see what my workout is for the day, it makes things a lot easier. Um, so I'd say right now my biggest thing is uh, just being able to maintain – you know, the velocity and my stuff and um, obviously stay healthy throughout the year. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of Retro Rewind. I want to thank our guest, Matt Olson, uh, who you got to keep an eye on this guy because uh, he's not just going to be really good at CAC, but uh, he's going to be pitching at uh, either ASU or in the pros pretty soon. So, uh, Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. This podcast is brought to you by Casa Grande Jewelry and Pawn. We bring integrity, honesty, and customer satisfaction is our number one priority. We are a family-owned and operated business, and we treat our customers like family. Start off the new year by checking out our amazing inventory of guns, jewelry, and more. Located at 1326 North Pinal Avenue in Costa Grande. Open 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday to Friday and 9 to 4 on Saturday. Our phone number is 520-836-7774. There you go. That's it. That's it. Thanks for listening to Pinal Central's Retro Rewind Podcast. Remember to go to PinalCentral.com and our Facebook page to access future podcasts. We are also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite streaming services. We will catch you next time.